Until you're done, and then, right. then you shut it off. Oh, yeah. That says love. And when love comes, pause. And when love sometimes comes, then it's true. 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 It's if it's back there, then we got a problem. Okay. This is the Bible. I'm going to read you a scripture. And 1 John 4 7 says, Dear friend, let us love. Let us love. What is love? And love comes from who? God. Love comes from God. That's right. So when we have love from God, we want to be complete. So what's some things we do that love love people? Yes. What do you do for uh, your grandma when you want to love her? Kisses. All right. And you said hugs? What about picking up dirty sauce? Is that showing love? <laughs> kind of. If you, uh, being a mother is showing a lot of love. You pick up your socks. Do you ever just want to give them a big hug and say, I love you? So, we, do you ever want to give your mom a big hug and tell you to love sometimes? Try it. Mm -hmm. It will work really well for you. Yes, and we have, Miss Rebecca is going to be teaching your class, and you've got a special love gift up there. This Valentine's Day. Are you ready to go? That's good stuff, is it? Okay. Thank you, Rebecca. Oh, <laughs> 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 
behold, you poured out of darkness into my marvelous light, and the way you manifest that light is to show my divine heavenly love in the earth, says the Lord, to shine the light of my love in the darkness of your existence, to shine forth in my glory and power, and that comes through loving as I love you, says the Lord. Glory to Jesus. Somebody praise his name. Hallelujah to the land. Glory to God. Thank you, Father God. Bless you, Father God, for the, 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 the meat of your word, for the milk of your word. Father God, we thank you that the Spirit of the Lord can flow through each one of us to bring forth the word of the Lord and the will of the Lord and the plan and purpose and pursuit of the Lord. We're thanking you for revealing that to each one of us. We're thanking you for opening the eyes of our understanding to know the hope of your calling the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and the greatness of your power in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're grateful for that today. Thank you, Father God, for strengthening us with might, with your muscles, by the Holy Spirit, so that we're strong enough and capable enough to grasp the love of Christ. And to be filled with all your fullness. To be full of you, to be full of love, Father. Thank you for causing that love, as it says in your word, Romans 5 1, that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit given to us. Thank you for that overflowing heavenly love coming out in the form of truth, out of each of us, to this world, to our families, to our friends, our workers, everybody in our sphere of influence. Let our divine dynasty sphere touch each one. One more time tomorrow is a Monday, but what? It is Monday, but what else? Valentine's Day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That didn't hit by you, did it? <laughs> Hallelujah. We're on the love connection this month, and tomorrow happens to be a holiday. You know, that they say the word holy day is holiday, right? Uh, in celebrating love, or at least one form of love. Uh, I can remember, how many of y'all have ever seen the show in your younger years back in the 20th century? You ever seen the show The Little Rascals? Okay. Y'all remember The Little Rascals? Show of hands and seen The Little Rascals. Uh, you remember there was some iconic characters on there. There was Alfalfa. Uh, occasionally, I'll, I'll be coming to church and they'll say, your hair is sticking up the back back here. And I'll say, it's my personality. I'm Alfalfa today. <laughs> Remember that was his noble characteristic. He liked to try to sing. He liked to sing, okay? Here you go. He liked to sing. And then he had, uh, he had his personality sticking up in the back of his head, see? And then there was Spanky. Remember Spanky? He was the little wiseacre. He figured he was a little clever wiseacre. figured out how to get his and And Spanky was in love with who? Darla. Miss Darla, remember her? Cute little, baby, cute little dolly girl. And, and then there was another character. Uh, who, uh, well, he called himself Holy. Remember him? Remember Holy? Well, uh, back, uh, I believe in the 80s, I can remember he, he did a cover of a song, a famous Conway Twitty song called Looking for Love. Anybody remember that? Remember that? And uh, it, it, it went like this. Looking for love in all your one places. Looking for love in all your one places. Looking for love. 
<laughs> when you think about that, does that give you an absolutely wrong idea? Does that tell you that Mr. Twitty or whoever wrote that song and he sang it, made it is? But looking for love in all the wrong places, they don't understand what love is doing. They just have they, they just have this little piece of understanding of a manifestation of love. Uh, we're working on our scriptures today, right? And we're going to eventually we're going to have to go study the different meanings and words that they use for love. But you know, just like in sports, right? You can talk about, yeah, I play sports, right? But you know what? Someone might ask you, well, what sport do you play? Why would they ask that? You know, you can be an athlete and play sports, right? You know, you might you play poker. I don't think that's a sport, but you can be a poker athlete, right? But you might be a golfer, right? So there's that game that sport of golf, and what are their skills? Now, some of those guys are big old, real home alone, you know, they're big old guys. And what do they do? They sit there and take a stick and swing it at a little ball and try to whack that thing a couple, two, three, four hundred yards and try to get it a little hole down there and try to get it in the hole. And that's how they win the game. The least times it takes to hit the hole is the score. And those are the guys that win the tournaments, right? But then uh, there's another fellow that says he plays sports. And he comes up and he says, I play tennis. My name is Bjorn, and he's born, Bjorn Water. <laughs> Well, Bobby Riggs, I'm, I'm going to turn guys. I, I can see. He's, he's past it, right? He's past those new guys right now. Mm-hmm. I, I play tennis. Well, what is that? Well, there's a little bigger ball, and there's a racket, like you might want to give a whoop to the kids or something like that. You know? There's a little racket with a stick on the end of it, and they're, they're whacking that ball to one skull serve. And the rules of all those rules, whoops, they don't trip like I just did. Okay? That's not part of it. But the rules are they whack it over a net up the stall, and they try to stay in some boundaries. And the one on the other side is supposed to whack it back over the net and keep it in the same boundaries on the other side. You all seen tennis, right? And those are pretty good athletes right here. They got a good long wind about them. I mean, to be able to swing that thing as far as they do and run back and forth, that court is about the size of these two sets of chairs here. To be able to run across that and keep things in line is pretty impressive, actually. They play sports, right? And then you've got uh, another fellow says, well, today we have a sport being played. It's the most famous of all games, right? What is that called? A Super Bowl, right? And we have our LA Rams and our Cincinnati Bengals playing one another. And it's for the World Championship of American Football, right? Well, the rules on that is there's 11 fellows that are athletes in there. Some of them fellows Big old, big old one for love, you know, they're big old dude. And big old strong dude, I mean, they learn myself bitch pressing a thousand pounds like this. They have a ton of this room. And so big old strong fellows, big old tree trunk sized legs on them, and they're the linemen, and then you got the guys that try to score, you got your quarterback. That was my favorite position. And he gets the, he gets the ball hiked from the lineman. And he comes back and he's either going to hand it to someone for rush, run, forest, run, you know. Or like they used to say to me uh, when I was in, in uh, freshman high school, uh, me and uh, two of my best friends, they thought we were, we believe it or not, through this talk. <coughs> Frank Gray, this talk. And uh, they called us the Munchkins, the three Munchkins. And this big little dude, he was a lineman at the football game in high school, but it, it, Ralph, 
uh, Ralph was the quarterback on our PE teams that we played, and he would call the play bunch up the middle. And he would mean hand the ball to one of the bunches, and we try to run through the middle and two big guys to clear away for us. That was the rule. That was the score. And you know, he got in trouble one time because he handed the ball to me, and I wasn't moving fast enough for him, so he goes, what are you doing like that? Just like he was bowling me up there, <laughs> or something. And I flew through that thing and scored, and he got in trouble. The coach got over and said, you're not going to ever do that again. You might hurt that poor little kid. <laughs> he probably could have hurt this poor little kid, right? Well, that's another sport, right? Football. Different sports, right? Different sports, different rules, different ways it's played, right? So in, in love, love is similar to sports in our English language. Uh, there's different things. I all I love, I love frisky. And that shit, dedicated. And, and a little bit of broccoli or Brussels scraps. Oh, I love that. Anybody got to ask you about food like that? I have a little meme that I put out. Uh, it teaches those sometimes on text for other people. We, we've been talking about something, and I'll put them in this little rack up there next to mine and say, I like food. Okay. So I love my food, right? Oh, we can love, we love, I love Brian. He's one of my youth. I love Brian. He's one of my youth. Special young man, brilliant little guy. I love Brian. I love each one of you, my church family. I love the world. I love that pickup truck that I've been driving for since 2004. I love that pickup truck. Right? So, you understand I'm saying love, but each of you, I think you understood there's a different, a little bit different meaning of that word here, right? Well, back in your scriptural times, God chose the, the, the Greek language of Alexander the Great, one of the kings of history. Uh, and Alexander the Great's big city, the different Greeks, uh, tribes and city-states that he was going to take over. When he got the army together, he was a military man, uh, an outstanding military guy, a genius at that. And he could see this. I'm sitting there giving commands. Right face. Left face. Forward march. He could give these commands to his troops. But in the Greek language of the day, he might say, right face. And in their dialect, that word he said meant go, go backwards. Backwards face and turn around, and they're supposed to turn around. So you see, there was confusion there to, to help eliminate the confusion in his army. He invented or rather standardized the language of Greece into something they call the common Greek. We might say the street Greek. He, he brought it in very precise so you knew exactly what they were intending when they said words to you. Yeah, they all the troops do exactly right face, right there, turn right or else. So he did that, and they, the Greeks had several different words that you knew exactly what kind of love they were talking about when they said they loved something. And we're going to, to examine one of my life to see, so go ahead and get that, that video that we have that's ready to go. We're ready to go on that. God so loved. Show that video because it's copyrighted. Someone else copyrighted on YouTube. 
to remember. I'll try to remember it. But there's one of us always here, so... And if it's not for some reason, everything's here.
you know, uh, the Bible, most people read. I believe I have that on my message uh, slide here. Uh, this love connection, these different types of love, the Greeks had seven different words for love. They describe different aspects of something. Affection, different things like that. Uh, Philadelphia, who knows what Philadelphia means in English? Because that's actually a Greek word of the day. It means phylos or phila in brotherly style, family style love for another person between people. And Philadelphia means the city of brotherly love, Delphi and city, city of brotherly love. So we have those words even today in our language, they borrow them for different things. And then we've got Philadelphia, we've got, we had eros. We get the word erotic, which uh, that can lean toward for sins, you understand that. But that was one of those words for love to have. That meant a, 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 a romantic type, and even sexual love between a man and woman. Uh, not the other style of things that we see today so much of, but between the man and woman. God created him Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, okay? And understand and realize that. So uh, you had that, that word. We had storge, which was a friendly type of, of, of arms affection, your affection toward him, and friendly toward him, and courteous toward him. And there is two or three other ones we're not going to get into today at all. We're going to concentrate on one of the words that was used. Now, the Bible, most people read in the daily life of one who confesses they are Christian and believes the Bible. The Bible, most people read, is the daily life of you and I. Do you believe the word? Do you accept and receive God's word as your instruction in your life? Do you try to be a doer of the word in your life? You're one of those folks, and you know what? The Bible most folks read is your daily life. It's like that. Don't, don't tell me you love me. Show me. Show me you love me. And so how do they know that? How do they know that? Well, by this, Jesus gave a command. By this shall only know you are my disciples. If you love one another, John 13, 35, and I see the black is not the color of Jesus, it's back there. Uh, John 13, 35, if you're taking notes, that's that verse, Jesus, by this shall only know you're my disciples. If you love one another, he said also in John 13, I give you a new commandment. You, you can see all the cultures up on the screen all compared to that. I give you a new commandment that you love one Another new new race or species of being that we're called to be, even creations in here and here. So, love one another is the sign that they know. That's the Bible they read. How much love? A lot of them are like bubbly, they're looking for love in all the wrong places, right? But let them discover that you are the right place to find the right kind of love, and that is the love from above. There was a group, uh, a very famous uncle, if you remember them, called Black Eyed Peas back in the early 2000s. They're, they were like Grammy winning and made their little lot of, of songs. Uh, I, uh, I found one yesterday and listened to it. It was still a rap song, but it was very catchy and the lyrics were very powerful. And it turns out they had been reading their Bible when they wrote it. Believe it or not, they were reading their Bible when they wrote it. And it goes like this. 
If you never speak truth, then you never know how love sounds. If you never know love, then you never know God. Wow, we're for love, y'all. We're for love, y'all. They were asking questions, where's the love? This was after the, the, uh, the 911 attacks of 2001, and all the division, all the, the seeing hatred that was going on in the world over that. And so they, one of them was reading their Bible and saw the verse where it says in 1 John, uh, uh, 1 John 4 whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. So what was that song saying? Where is God? Where is the God? Where's our God now? Where is the God now, folks? Where is the love? You see? And they, they got that. Uh, the the piece wrote that in 2003 in one of their Grammy winning songs in the year. Now, this form of love they're talking about, the form of love that we're talking about today, uh, it is the love that compels a person to lay down their life for someone else. It's what is known as, the actual way they said it is agapapo. But we say today, agape. Agape, why? Because there's a word agape or language, right? And so people see that, well, what if you say that agape, but how do you say that word? And so they might ask questions about, what does agape mean here, people? So it's agape, we'll call it that. And that's the, the, the normal way of life for the child of God. Why? Because they have been Why? Because love has moved inside us. Think about that. Think about that. You think about it. When you were a sinner, you can remember when you were a sinner. And you were supposed to put it behind, right? But you can still remember, right? And uh, you can remember back when you were a sinner, what was the love? Now, what was the love? Well, yeah, you would say you loved your wife if you were married. Or your husband if you were married, you would say that, yeah, I love you. And give her kids and hug and all that sort of thing, right? But what was the real true honest to God, the real love? You see, the Greeks, they actually invented a new word. Okay, but God came to house and then it spread it. It wasn't in the writings before that time, before Jesus. That's the highest form. That's the heavenly type of love. That's what I prayed just a moment ago. There are prayers in your New Testament. I want to encourage you this. I keep forgetting. I may have them in my pocket in there. Look them up and make copies. They are Paul's power prayers. And you can actually, he's praying for these churches that he founded in the Washington. But you can actually put your name in the place of that church. And pray, and did you know that if you do that, you're praying the will of God for your life. What does First John chapter five say? If we know, we know that if we pray for His will, He hears us, and if He hears us, we have it. You want to see a change in your outlook, in your life, in your spirit? Begin praying daily these prayers. Ephesians one seventeen. Ephesians 3, 17, uh, Colossians 1, 9, Philippians 1, 9, four of them right there in front. There's some other ones around all. They got to These are the power prayers. You can pray that one of them is that you'll be overflowing with love. That love is a God. You'll be overflowing with God's love. That you'll pour out that love of God through your heart. And everybody can see they'll know you're Christians by your love. That's a song, right? I know you're Christians by your love, right? 
don't know that. And then another place he prays that you'll you'll grasp, fully grasp, you'll have the strength from God by the Holy Spirit. He'll strengthen you with God's muscles. And you'll be able to, because it's difficult to grasp. You think about it. Difficult to grasp how deep and how wide and how tall and how far, how far away the love of God is over all of you. Nearly impossible for our little pea brains, our little human noodles up here, to grab a hold of it. But God, by, how, by the Holy Spirit, when we pray, whenever someone is praying over us, like we do every night, she might get tired and broke the records down, but that's one of, that's one of the things that we're lifting up the family over on a nightly basis. Father God, strengthen them with your muscles with might by your Holy Spirit so they can grab a hold of and understand the breath of death tonight and to know, intimately know, the love of Christ that passes understanding. So they will be filled to all your fullness. So we'll be no more working for nothing other one place. And so we'll have it. It'll be here. We know it's here you see. So uh first John four, whoever does not love does not know that other God is love. And in this form of love, it, it compels a person to lay down their life for someone else. No one's a godly. It's what we should be doing, it's what we should be, who we should be. Why? Because my Bible says God is love. And if God is here, and my Bible also says this, think about this. Uh, John 17, several places. I didn't put it up here because uh, it, it's just not popped up, okay? The Spirit of God is popping up with things. He says, I, Jesus said, I am the Father of one. John 17, he prayed, Father, let them, us, disciples, be one with you and I, just like you and I are one. So if you're one, what does that mean? They can call you, I know this is kind of hard to grasp, right? They can call you Jesus, why? Because a lot of folks. You are Jesus. So I just said earlier, you're the only Bible a lot of people read. You are Jesus to them. Remember, he's, he's, I shared, he said to me at the time uh, that I was I was offering this woman, and I thought I thought I was interceding in prayer. And I said, Father God, let there be revival. Send your revival. Lord, feed the hungry, Lord. Uh, uh, heal the blinded eyes. And he finally told me, Would you have for a minute, son? You know, prayer, prayer is not just you having a monologue with God. You understand that? Not just you talking to the Lord, that's it. Prayer means you're having a conversation. The one who moved in here. Think about that. Wouldn't it be strange? Did you know if, if Pastor Dola and I, uh, if, if a day has gone by the house and we've not spoken to one another, well, we better find what's going on happening. You know, if, you, if you're in the same house with someone, same house with your husband, same, same that the beautiful new house that you just fixed up and moved into, and if you go the whole day and don't say a word to each other, even even passing by each other in the hallway, don't say a word. Something's going on there. They're finding what's happening, right? Because what happens? They're out of the abundance of the, the heart and mouth speaks. There should be that love inside, and you're going to get back. You're going to communicate, right? You're going to voice that love, aren't you? Sergeant Blaine, I can, I can, I can, I, 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 I don't see Blaine saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. By his actions and probably by the tone of his voice, he's telling Sergeant, I love you. 
I want you guys to I guess that's the storage of that that's that that familiar family kind of Philadelphia. So the love talks, right? It speaks. It speaks. It's the love that we see Jesus demonstrate by laying down his life for us on the cross, like the song said up here. It's this form of love that Jesus asks all of us to show where he says, No greater love exists than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Now think about Jesus. Jesus laid down his life for everybody, including Have you done that before? Have you ever done that? Anybody? You ever laid down your life? You ever uh, given way and made way and blessed your healing? I got crazy about the times to do Because it's not a normal thing, is it, right? On humans, right? You'll, be, you'll gladly do things for your friends, right? But for me, but the love of God, Jesus laid down his life even for his enemies and blessed his enemies. Uh, it is this love we're dealing that we see demonstrated in the death and sacrifice of the man known as Saint Valentine. Anybody ever read about Valentine? Now, Valentine was a, a Catholic priest, but before he was a doctor. And he started out, you know, not much is known about him, but he practiced as a doctor in the city of Rome. In the third century, that's from the years 200 to 300 in that period of time. He practiced his, his uh, doctorate at that time, and uh, he was a doctor, then he became a priest. Whether or not you believe in a, a job as a priest, we don't really hear that. Why hear because why? The Bible says each of you and me, it calls us kings and priests to the Lord. Because Jesus made it that way. He is our high priest. There is no hope in his hierarchy. He's the high priest. He's the elder brother. He's the captain of our salvation. We're in his army and his battalion. And we're underneath him as priests to God. What does a priest do? A priest represents man to God. A priest represents God to man. That's why you're the only Bible some people read. You represent God to man. But you represent man to God. You go after those folks that are reading you. put that word into their hearts. And you, what did I say there? I don't know. So, Valentine's story is kind of taken up after you begin working as a priest. He became famous for marrying couples who were in love and wanted to be married. But what had happened was, uh, Emperor Claudius II, but the Romans had some real goofballs, I'm telling you, they, they, they had absolute power, that's why they had that saying, absolute power for us, absolutely. These guys had absolute power, but they, they were like, they were called Pontifex Maximus, meaning the supreme ruler of power. And whatever they said would be done. Until someone got mad enough and assassinated them. <laughs> but, but they were absolute ruler of their nation. And so Claudius made a decree. He was concerned uh, that he wouldn't have enough soldiers if these young fellows were all getting hitched. So he made a decree that there be no more weddings. Now, the Romans, they, they were. They didn't have the same puritanical sense of uh, morals that we have in our country because of the influence of the Puritans and all those groups that found the country. But they, they did have what we would do, some attitudes of morality about things. But they did have a sense of honor, they didn't have a sense of morals. 
And so they wanted to be married if they were in love with another family and get married, right? So Hawaii is to keep the, the young men from being pulled off because that is a distraction if you're getting married. The Israelites, you know that in Deuteronomy? It tells you in Deuteronomy, if you're married, you're exempted from, from being drafted in the army for an entire year. Yeah. Now, if you have a really good marriage, you want to give it under your arm. That, that's what it actually says in there. So, the Claudius didn't want that sort of thing happening, so he, 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 uh, he outlawed marriage. Kind of like outlawing, uh, uh, not wearing a mask. And outlawing not getting a jabbing arm. Kind of like that, you know. Uh, so, he was overreaching, and there were still people in love. They weren't looking for nothing on the wrong places, really. They were wanting to express their love as a couple together and have a family, and they didn't want to be married. So Valentine became famous because in spite of the edict of the ruler, he was marrying couples, Christian couples. He was marrying and getting together. And, and uh, uh, Claudius didn't like it. He didn't want the soldiers of the army to get married either because they'd get distracted you know, by the area. So he was very angry about this. When he discovered that Valentine was doing the weddings, guess what he did? It wasn't off with his head yet. It was, do not pass go, do not touch the dollars, or the records in jail. So Claudius is in the home. And uh, he spent his time in jail to continue to reach out to people with the love that he said Jesus gave him for others. Whether it be in jail, I'm going to raise one day, one night. And they refused to charge me for anything because I didn't do anything wrong, which I insisted the whole time. I haven't done anything wrong. Why did it? Well, we have to. It's the law. And I spent the night in hell. Never do that again. I was soon go to heaven and go to jail. <laughs> but you know what? I got in there, and these, they, it, it was actually totally, it was a really nice place. The brand new county jail barbecue. Night is it was a nice place, but that night. And, and, and it was this, this cage, iron cage thing. There were several of them in this hallway. And a pretty good sized room. I think there was about 24 guys in this big settlement that had the bunk beds on this. And I get in there, and they're not too accepting of me for a while. And after a while, I started sharing Jesus and mentioning that I knew the Lord. After a while, they're accepting of me and they together. After a while, they would they had they said, "Want you to come and maybe try the Bible study." I got in there, and after a while, three or four of them said, um, "We don't know who you are, but it sounds like you know more about this than we do. Why don't you take this over right now?" So, and this was six o'clock in the evening, five a.m. I finally glanced up and said, "There's a clock out." I glanced up at the clock and said, "Guys, gentlemen." We didn't have a good time in the jail. Yeah. Oh, you know, you helped us so much. Thank you. I said, you know what? They're going to be having reveille, and they're going to be serving breakfast in another hour. Don't you think we ought to try to get a little, a little snooze in here? And, oh, yeah, brother. Okay, all right. We don't want to. Let's go ahead and sleep. So we'll sleep. And I told them all I hadn't done anything to let me loose, and they did. Two hours. But I got to spend time. I can imagine Valentine being stuck in here indefinitely. I can imagine him, the love of Jesus coming out of him. And he 
and beginning to reach out. Because prison was such a hopeless place back in the ancient days. Today, you go to other countries. I did prison in this room place. Did you know they had been caged? I mean, literally caged up in it with chicken wire in the cage. I couldn't believe it. And then those poor guys had to sit there, and it was hotter than seven blazes. There was no air conditioning. Hotter than seven blazes. These guys had to exist day after day, month after month, year after year, in these chicken cages. No one, no one come to see it. No one bring them socks or any of that sort of razor blade, any of that sort of stuff. No, just saying that they had to exist, and we had to give this hope to Jesus. Understand, the Romans were even worse. Nasty, nasty rats coming in. Shooting on your foot, trying to take the toenail off, you know, kind of stuff. Think about that. Horrible, horrible place. Valentine's thrown in the middle of this because he was doing right. But because of the love of Jesus within him, he's reaching out, he's blessing the men that he was in prison with. Uh, when Claudius discovered that Valentine was, uh, was in that jail, you know, he's busy. Uh, Valentine was helping people. Claudius decided he liked Valentine. Now, Valentine made friends with his jailer, whose name was Asturias. And Asturias was so impressed by Valentine's wisdom and love. Asturias has Valentine to help his daughter Julia with her lessons. I don't know if you've ever read or seen it, but he, he asked Valentine to tutor his daughter. Now there was one issue she was blind. She needed someone to read the material for her learning. So he became friends with Julia through tutoring, through working with her, and her visits, her every other twice we visits, there to learn from him. And, and she visited that John Claudius would come to visit, and he offered to pardon Valentine. In 73, he would guess what? He would turn his back on Jesus and forget about his love stuff and go back into the world and announce his Christian faith and begin to worship the Lord God with him. Guess what Valentine did? He said, No, 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 no. He never told her it. And uh, you know, you know what else he did? He preached to Claudius. That's bold. Isn't it? That's brave. That's the love of God in it. That's laying down your life. Because guess what happened? Claudius got so mad, brightened up with an angry, red-faced, and furious, the sentence Valentine. First Valentine. And before he was he was martyred, he was sacrificed. He wrote a last note to encourage Julia to stay close to Jesus and to thank her for being his friend. He summoned this note from your Valentine. The note was delivered to Julia. She reached out and they put the note in her hand. The anointing from Valentine 
Open your eyes. You see. Hallelujah! That's it's true. That's a true story. The anointing. I just, I just wonder, should we get some, some paper, some cloth or something? Lay our hands on that for you to, and give it to your Valentine. Whoever they may be, they have to be a spouse. Give it to your Valentine and see the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Paul did that, didn't he? And it said that they were healed and they were delivered from demons and all that because of the ocean, the anointing that came. You want to do that with us today? Would y'all like? Would you do that? If we got, if we got some paper, I give you paper from the message up here. And you care, you can write out to my Valentine, bless you. Let the Spirit of God touch you and give it to them. Put it under the pillow while they're sleeping. Stick it in their purse. Stick it on their bathroom wall. <laughs> Stick it in their, on their, by their stairwell. Hallelujah. Can we do that today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, that, though, inspired people to begin writing their own loving messages to people on Valentine's Day, which happened to be the day that Valentine was murdered, was killed, February 14th, to 78. People who remember his loving service to the, to the young couples who wanted to get married, they began celebrating his life. And, he came to be regarded as a saint. The, the Catholic was called Saint Valentine. A lot of people refer to Saint Valentine. But I want to say this: each one of you, Saint Teresa sits before me. Saint Betty sits before me. Saint Keith and Saint Marguerite sit right in front of me. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Saint Nola lives with me. Hallelujah! Saint Wayne and Saint Brian. Right? Hallelujah! Saint Paul. There was another Saint Paul. Saint Paul. Sits with us. Uh, St. Linda and St. Melody. Uh, glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. All of you are saints. Why give you love? Give you love. Hallelujah. So people began to celebrate. He came to be regarded as a saint through whom God had worked to help people through teaching and miracles. People don't think about covenants too much. You ever think about covenants? It's a type of contract, but think about what they are. They were very important in ancient times. They're, they're, they are a type of contract, yes. But rather than being, see, I was a contractor before moving to Rockford to help support our missions and stuff. And I was a contractor, guess what I did? For a high room contracts, presented the, I went and looked at the project. Designed to build, to build and all that, wrote a contract that said what we're going to do and what we expect to do for doing this. And we take that and they would sign that. And we, I would send the crew over, crews over, to do that work and get it done. And, and that would be our, our goods and our services for that contract. But a covenant, that was an exchange of goods and services, what that was, right? But a covenant is an exchange of people. Think about that, it's an exchange of people. Hallelujah. We, we've seen covenants between people and their king. The king promises to protect and take care of the subjects, and the people promise uh, to be loyal to him. Now, God does this when he enters into covenant with us. He says, you'll be my people, I'll be your God. I'll move inside of you, doesn't he? Yeah? 
Uh, the pills will be determined on May 1st, the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their inward hearts and write it in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Jeremiah 31 33. That's a covenant, an exchange of people. God is making himself a people. And he did it through what? Through sending the only begotten Son, Jesus, into their body. By dying on the cross, God through Jesus, his Son, entered into the final covenant with each of us. Another form of covenant for the Lord Redirect is marriage. Um, as a result, covenants are declarations of love, romantic love for man and woman. Amen. We march the aisle. We shall have a bunch of carpenter friends. As you're aware, we're in the same country together. Don't let us experience the lower of the weather down here, okay? That's the PowerPoint. So, the uh, the power of the you know, the recovery of the city. And that the uh, the official would say, you may have a simple bride. And picture this. They go six foot four, lean way over like this, and some zero. And uh, so you so we can see agape love is covenant love. Uh, we were we renew the covenant, profess our agape for Jesus in every communion that we participate in. Thank you, Teresa. Uh, we got to we got to honor Teresa. She comes in early on whatever first Sunday. And she has been bringing the grape juice and the crackers and stuff. And put that on here in the kitchen. And it's all gratefulness up here. Hallelujah. It's time to partake together. That's our koinonia, as the koinonia Greek said. Our gathering together, our partnership. As the New Testament people said, our friendship together. Our love for each other. Friendship together. Connection. We renew it every time we do that. The rest of the world might be focused on romantic love this weekend. Let's take some time to focus on that love demonstrated by Jesus and by Valentine by renewing our covenant love, our agape for Jesus and for one another. Next week, we'll be talking further about how we should love one another. How we should love one another. The ways to do it. How do we demonstrate it? I remember years past. Uh, saying to someone, I love you. And I've been a little, uh, and I had some pressure about some things, so I was a little bit sharp and short right before the, the hours before that. And I said that to this person, stepped back and said, Well, you say you love me, why don't you act like you do? And we can say that, can't we, between folks, can't we sometimes? We can do that. But you know what, God, here's what it is. God, God doesn't depend. I, I say, uh, I love you, brother. Well, I, I'll say, I love you, the Lord. You understand? I love you, Lord. I love you. 
Did you know my love for Jesus is the same as Margarita, Teresa, or even all of anybody here? It doesn't depend upon each of you. That's exactly what it means. It does depend on if you smell nice, if you put some axe body wash on you this morning, you smell pretty. I don't even know the clones anymore, what, what the names are anymore. But you put cologne on, you smell nice, so I love you because you smell nice. And not that. It's not because you brought me, uh, you brought me some chocolate, Gabriel. That's not why I love you, because you bring me chocolate. <laughs> just, no, no. It's not, it's not that I love you because you, you support the music ministry and play so pretty, you got that beautiful anointing on you, and you do, you just step up for whatever we need you to do. Uh, that's, it's not because of anything you've done. It's not because of anything you said to me. It's because that love is me. That love, that's agape. That God is love and God's here, and that love is me. I choose, I decide, I have decided. I'm going to love like a believer. Amen. Turn my back on the deceiver. Don't live what I believe. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Agape is covenant love. We should love one another. We'll continue this. I'm a little, I, I didn't get my notification from Dola yet, but I can see I'm five minutes past. So we're going to, uh, we're going to stop to be continued. It's definitely the See, the green one. I'm going to work on my PowerPoint skills. Right now? Yeah. Read it up there.